episode of the Stepping on the Line podcast. I'm your host, Pete D'Alessandro. I'll start off by explaining the premise of this podcast. Ballplayers are some of the most superstitious people out there, and not stepping on the foul line is one of their main superstitions. Whether it be pregame, during a game, postgame, during practice, you just don't do that. Now, this isn't your run-of-the-mill baseball podcast. Not only am I going to be stepping on that line, but I'm going to be rolling all over it, kicking the dust up, and making that chalk fly all over the place. Fuck your rules. Each episode, I'll be sipping on a little something, rambling and raving about what's going on in the MLB and in college, and getting my brutally honest opinions and hot takes. I don't care how wrong you think I am. I'm going to say it anyways. I'll also be interviewing and shooting the shit with players, coaches, other podcasters, whoever I can manage to get on here. The ultimate goal is to get Rob Manfred here so I can flame him for an hour straight. For the episode, I'll just give you all a little taste of what I'm all about. I had a great interview with an old buddy of mine, Price Simmering. He's a pitcher for one of the top D2 teams in the country, Angelo State. Normally, y'all would be blessed with my ramblings and ravings as well, but I'm just going to focus on the interview for this one. I hope you all enjoy. All right. So for our first guest on the podcast, we have Price Simmering from Angelo State. Price, how's it going? It's great, man. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, of course. Hey, thanks for joining me tonight. So, you know, uh, let's, let's just get cracking. Fuck it. Um, Bryce, how did you get into baseball as a kid? Well, my dad's always been, like, around sports and, you know, his whole life. And he was a big basketball player, and um, he, he was a big Red Sox fan. And so uh, he played baseball, like, a little bit growing up uh, in high school and stuff. And uh, I just would sit down and watch the Red Sox games with uh, with my dad and everything. And that's just pretty much how I got in it. And um, I just loved it. So, yeah. Put me put me in T ball and been been playing ever since. Hell yeah. So what what what's your earliest memory from baseball then? <laughs> Funny story. My actually the the earliest memory as I was in T ball and um when we first started playing, uh, my dad couldn't run around and chase us. And so uh when we were playing in the backyard, he we hit off the tee and if he fielded it and he threw the ball at us and it hit us like a wiffle ball. Then, uh, then we were out, and so I was playing like second base or something. And um, my dad told me this kid hit a ball at me and T ball, and I fielded it. And the kid was running across from uh, first to second. And, uh, he was like, he ran right across from me, and I took a crow hop and I threw it at him, and I hit him right in the back of the head, and he fell down and started crying. And my dad was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> can't do that." <laughs> Man, you're learning from the wrong guy, huh? Man, you should you should touch a little better. <laughs> Absolutely. That's pretty badass, though. I'm not gonna lie. All right, that's all right. So that, yeah, dude, that, dude I just T-ball. fucking whacked his ass. <laughs> all right, so let's What's up? let's skip forward from T-ball to high school now. Um, Price and I were actually teammates 
at Dripping Springs High School in Texas. Um, good times. But from from our times at Dripping Springs, Absolutely. what what were some of your favorite moments from from playing at Dripping Springs? <clears throat> Definitely um uh, some of the locker room stuff i mean you just can't beat it you know any any team you're on and you know everyone has all kinds of stories about the locker room or the the clubhouse or the bus rides or anything like that but uh, probably like game wise i would say my sophomore year so your junior year um when we went like four or five rounds deep um we had a hell of a year uh that was pretty badass we just beat the shit out of teams and um you know, just just played hard. That was that was something really cool because, you know, most everybody was going off to play like in your class or the senior class. And uh, so it's like, you know, a bunch of guys going to play different places, but we just all like banded together and just busted ass and stuff and had a good time and <laughs> drank our asses off when we won. <laughs> yeah, good times. I mean, yeah, that, that was definitely my, my favorite year of baseball as well. I mean, it, it, it sucks that we couldn't we couldn't replicate that after that but I, I definitely agree that was that was a great great year of ball yeah all right so still still in high school what what was the recruiting process like for you in high school <laughs> um it was kind of off and on for me I was real uh I was real streaky like in the summer I would come out hot for like three or four weeks and then kind of taper off and teams would kind of like stop watching or whatever and um, stuff like that but I didn't really you know starting to get looks until like I was about a you know junior you know going into senior year and I had um actually Angela State uh, and then a, like a lot of JUCOs over Texas but <clears throat> I think there's only a couple D2 schools and um, a few uh, smaller D1 schools but that was it um, I just, uh, just decided to go JUCO and went to Temple my first year, but. So what 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 was the the reasoning behind your decision to go JUCO out of high school? <clears throat> well, I actually, as you know, I had a ton of injuries. Um, I had not completed a like a full baseball season since I was in seventh grade, so I just missed like a ton of reps. And so the reasoning, like our thought process process behind it was just go into JUCO and, and get, you know, make up a ton of reps because there's no limits for practice time or stuff like that. So you'll be out there forever. And I could just make up all those reps that I missed in, uh, in high school and try to get that back. Right. I, I agree. And it ended up working out for you. So that's, that's good. So yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And so about JUCO, if y'all don't know, I'm sure I'll do. JUCO is infamous for the grind. I mean, Kids, kids go to JUCO and you never hear or see from them ever again. They just fall off the face of the earth. So, Bryce, tell me, tell me, tell me about your JUCO experience. What were your favorite and, and least favorite parts from playing at Temple? Well, I'll just say this real quick, tagging on what you just said. Um, there's, there's a saying is you, if you if you really want to know if you like baseball, you go JUCO because that'll teach you if you really want to play. You'll, you know, we'll, we'll be out there for hell, four and a half, five hours maybe. And then on Saturday, we'll have a freaking 19 inning inner squad and I'll be out there eight hours. So my least favorite part was the 19 inning inner squads. That was fucking brutal. Yeah. And, um, oh, dude, it was, oh my God. 
I'd probably say that the, my favorite part was, I mean, because it was such a grind. I mean, it wasn't like too hard or anything, you know, but but it was like so hard that we kind of, you know, like I touched on earlier, the camaraderie, you know, in the locker room and stuff like that is like, we just, you know, we all kind of got closer like that because we just grinded together and and everything. So that was probably my probably my favorite part about. All right. So playing off that, do you regret going to play at Temple before you went to Angelo State? <clears throat> no, not at all. Um, you know, you really, like I said earlier, puts in perspective if you really want to play this game because it's it's you know a grind. You get late in the season, you're tired and you're worn down. Your body's worn down, and all you can think about sometimes, like, dude, <laughs> I just want to freaking sleep. You know, um, obviously, I'm not I'm not playing this year uh, with the surgery, but uh, you know, it taught me a lot of things about you know mental toughness. You know, stuff like that is when it's you know hot as hell and you just don't want to be there because you you're freaking in a slump and you're mentally not there. And your coach is ripping your ass because you're sucking or whatever. You can just push through that, you know. Yeah, it's tough, especially in Texas, man. I mean, the not always the climate, but I mean, just the culture, the the competitiveness of, of playing oh, yeah. football in Texas. It's 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 no other. I mean, all the stereotypes mm-hmm. about Texas, whether it be baseball, football, they're they're all true. I mean. A hundred percent. Yeah. And in our conference at Temple was, if not the best, was one of the, the top three uh, junior college conferences in the nation. You know, we had us, McLennan, you know, everyone knows about McLennan, uh, Grayson, uh, Cisco. They, they were pretty good. 2018, they were real good. Um, Rangers, all right. But yeah, we had some, you know, Weatherford, their powerhouse team. So we had some, you know, four or five big, big name schools and they're all, you know, competing for a title and a conference championship. So yeah, it was, you know, really competitive over there. I mean, just, just from those, if, if y'all don't know, I currently go to the university of Arkansas, I'm a huge hog fan, woo pig. We got a damn good baseball program and two of our starters, uh, Braden Webb and Jalen battles are actually from McLennan and Grayson college. So if that gives you any idea of the level of play they have out there yep. two starters for the number one team in the country played in that division so it's <laughs> it's it's some good baseball out there yeah all right so on on from juco yeah, absolutely. You're at Angelo state now um we know as you said earlier that you were talking to them in high school some um how did you how did you pick angelo state after you were done at temple well i I, uh entered the transfer portal in the fall uh, or sorry in the spring this last year march because you know covid and everybody's seasons got shut down whatever and i decided i was like yeah i don't want to i don't want to come back i i did my i did my grind for a year i'm I'm done and uh uh, i was looking at a abilene christian in in angelo state and um both schools couldn't come out and and uh, watch my bullpens or like games or anything because of uh, coronavirus and everything so um, uh, the assistant coach here was swinging through Austin actually and like said I didn't get picked up till September 26th something like that so I wasn't even here in the fall <clears throat> and um, so he was swinging through and he gave me a text he was like hey I'm, I'm coming through Austin uh, you want to throw a bullpen or something I, I can just see you real quick I was like yeah sure so went through a bullpen and uh, it's like in 30 minutes or 45 minutes later he called me back and said you know we want you to come and everything and so I was like well I'm in I'm, I'm coming so that's how they're they're pretty much the 
you know, the only school that that could actually come and see me and and, uh, wanted me. So that's, I picked, picked Angela state because it's pretty damn near the only option. (laughs) Well, Hey, I mean, and it seems like it it turned out just fine, huh? So, I mean, uh, Oh yeah. Thanks. I love it here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Things happen for a reason. I mean, San Angelo, I've only driven through briefly, but it seems, seems like a nice little town out there. in It's it's fun, man. Yeah. Rodeo's going on right now. (laughs) <laughs> always always got <laughs> having a good <laughs> that's right baby that's right yeah all right so how how uh what are the main ways that angelo state's different than than temple athletic wise or like just on campus i'm both as anything anything that's different like why why is it better how is it worse um i would say the 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 practices obviously aren't, you know, they're, they're regulated by NCAA. Um, so, you know, practice times are shorter. Um, it's a little more relaxed um, and stuff like that. You know, it's everyone's here to, to get their job done and not, you know, fart around and, you know, be a bunch of jackasses and, you know, dick off and shit like that. So, you know, we all have the same goal in mind out here is to win a national championship. And so everyone gets their work done. And, you know, at Temple, you're not, not necessarily at Temple, but in junior college in general, we didn't have too many guys at Temple like this, but, you know, people were just, you know, selfish and, you know, act like assholes and stuff like that. And so you just get a bunch of, you know, shitheads running around. And it's just like, it doesn't make practice fun because the coach is always yelling and you got to run and stuff like that. So um, it's very competitive here, but at the same time, it's, you know, there's a big winning, winning tradition. So, it, you know, it makes it fun because we beat the shit out of teams. So, yeah. I, I, you can't you can't hate that i mean nothing's wrong with that absolutely <laughs> i mean I, as we as we speak i i think the hogs are are beating the piss out of arkansas pine bluff right now who's i want to say two and 19 right now probably probably one of the worst teams in division one baseball i, I bet oh, I, shit. Bet, I bet i bet y'all can give them a hell of a game honestly and I, I i would pay a good money. dude well we're it's you know it's expected we'll, we might go d1 here in a couple of years Really? So what, what, what conference do you think y'all would join? Like the Sun Belt, like same as Texas State or? Um, honestly, I, I don't really know. If I had to guess, maybe the Southland. Because um, uh, I know a bunch of teams are leaving the Southland and going to the WAC. So I don't know uh, for sure. You know, it, like it's all speculation at this point, whether we're going to go D1 or not. But they've been talking about it for a couple years and you know so who knows you know we're i think number one in the country this year for a month and a half and then we dropped a game uh and then like the sports writers dropped us like 11 now we're back up to 10 so yeah so i i know you touched on it earlier um about how some players at, at temple were selfish i i feel like that's kind of just the mentality in junior college, not that I could speak on it myself, but I feel like everyone in junior college is, is there to, to prove themselves so that they can go play somewhere else. Like whether they want to go play at Texas, whether they want to go play at Angelo state, yeah. whatever, whatever you want. Um, is that exactly. Yeah. Is that the general mindset among players in junior college in your opinion, or do those guys actually care about winning at the junior college level? <clears throat> Oh, no, it's um, – they care about winning. You know, like I, like I said, we didn't have, I mean, maybe one or two guys at Temple, you know, and, and our, our coach, Craig McMurtry, you know, he got kind of got rid of them, kind of, you know, weeded them out, stuff like that. But 
Um, no, it's, it's very, it's very, very, very uh, competitive at junior college. Um, everyone wants to win. It doesn't matter if you're freaking, if, if it's like a bunt game at practice or whatever, you know, everyone's trying to, you know, beat the shit out of each other. And then at the end of the day, we're all buddies and, and stuff like that. But yeah, they take, you know, winning in junior college is taken very seriously. Cause you know, when you win, you get, you know, schools to come and watch you. And then when they watch the school, they watch the team, they pick out players and all of a sudden they see you, you know, no one's going to come watch a team that freaking loses. That's, that's, that's a good way to think about it. I mean, you know, I, I just don't know yeah. much about it. I mean, I never, never really never played in junior college, obviously. I mean, that's, that's, that's a good mindset to have when you're playing junior college, I guess. So as you mentioned, Angelo state is currently number 10 in the division two rankings and number two in the Lone Star Conference at the moment. What are your prospects for the Rams down the road for the rest of the 2021 season? Um, I think it's going to be really good. Um, we had a few hiccups this past weekend, just some things that uh, weren't like ourselves. You know, we had some some costly errors and we're very clean defensively team. Um, offensively, we just didn't swing it well. I mean, uh, you know, usually we'll, we lead the country in runs scored. Um, usually our, our slugging is through the roof. Um, we just kind of fell behind a little bit these past couple of weeks. We had a sweep two weeks ago and then um, dropped two games this past weekend, which is going to hurt us a little bit. But uh, coming up, we have Eastern New Mexico, um, Cameron and uh, University of Texas, Permian Basin. So uh, we should sweep through, um, give us a you know good, uh, clean slate after this past weekend to head into the conference tournament. Um, I don't know if you know this this year, but they're only taking uh, two teams from each conference instead of four. And so now there's not going to be like a regional. There's going to it's basically it's straight into like a super regional almost. Um, so, you know, how that works is whoever wins the uh, wins the conference outright usually has a bid. And then whoever wins the conference tournament has a bid. Uh, so right now it's us in West Texas, uh, you know, number one, number two. Uh, we're number two, like you like you said. So. Um, if West Texas ends up winning the conference outright, if they, you know, have a very successful rest of the season, then we got to go in um, and uh, win the conference tournament, which we're, we're very confident we are. We just had some bad, some bad uh, deals this, this, past, this past weekend that just cost us too many runs and we couldn't climb out of the hole. So uh, we're going to fix those and, and uh, get back after it. Um, there's no doubt. So, so what you're saying is, is even if, let's say, Hypothetically, West Texas A&M wins the division, right? But yeah. y'all are still clearly a top 10 team, but you don't win the conference tournament. You're basically fucked out of, out of playing yes. for the championship. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's just shitty. That's just because of COVID or what, what's the reasoning behind it? I don't know what the – I assume. I think it is because of COVID. They're, they're only taking two teams from each conference. So usually it's four, and then you play the regional, then you go to the regional. Um, it's not like that this year at all. It's like I said, it's only two from each conference. So, you know, you got to go in and take care of business immediately or else, you know, we're a top 10 team in the country. We were number one in the country for, you know, a month and a half, two months, and we don't even get a bid into the into the regional. Yeah, y'all yeah, can't see, but I'm shaking my head right now. This is, that's, that's fucked up. That's fucked yeah. up. Wow. Well, hey, get hot. 
man. Get high on the save. Fix it. Let's go, Rams. <laughs> I know. That's right, baby. Ram it, damn it. <laughs> Ram it, damn it. <laughs> All right. So, switch the subject a little bit. What are your, your biggest pet peeves for not only teammates, but teams you're playing? What is most likely to get you pissed off and ready to go out and, and throw hands with someone on the field? <laughs> Honestly, like, some of the things like they just say like stupid shit sometimes and you know like king ain't in kingsville is you know kind of a rival whatever they they think they're hot shit they're really like they're i mean they're a good team and it's a tough place to play but like they just say like stupid shit their fans aren't classy and if you're from kingsville and you're listening to this go to hell um (laughs) um my, I mean, my, uh, my, my grandmother actually graduated from a and I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Oh, shit, that's funny. Hey, I'm talking Anyways, about the that, that was, that was in like 1960-whatever, so I'm sure, I'm sure she could, she could give a hoot about that. Oh, man, that's funny. Yeah, I mean, they, that, you know, usually when people just say like stupid, so like, they'll, they'll go after like coach's daughter or something and say like bad stuff. It's like, come on, man, like, you know there, there's a line you know you can have chirps and you can chirp as much as you want and it's part of baseball and especially college baseball so like I get it you know but you got to draw a line so like you know shit like that just pisses me off and it's just like you know don't be a freaking dickhead like there's no point in that so have, have you all cleared the benches at any point this year no but uh I will say this on game three of St. Mary's we had our best hitter at the plate Josh Elvere he uh let's see it was like a, a one two count and we were trying to close the sweep out and uh it was a let's see it was a double header on saturday and they were up like i don't know like i think it was like 12 to like nine or something like that and uh, we just were struggling and string hits together to get you know guys in scoring position and so we finally have like runners on like second and third or first and third something like that with two outs and uh Josh Elvira's at the plate, and the guy throws a pitch, and he thinks it's a punchy. He walks off the field. I'm part of like, oh, their dugout goes nuts. Like, oh, that has a strike, whatever, whatever, da, da, da. So now it's like a 2-2 count or something, and he throws another ball. It's same spot. I mean, I mean, exact same spot. I'm part of the ball. They go freaking crazy. Coach comes on the field. He's ripping, you know, home plate umpire's ass, and they're getting on each other. And, and uh, uh, Josh fouls the ball off still three, two. And then he gets an elevated fastball, takes him deep, dead center off the batter's eye. He bat flips it. He threw it higher than Bautista, dude. I mean, it was just spinning up there and he looked at the dugout and uh, he was, he's the new home run leader for like Angelo state. It's like, I think he has like, at the time he had 34 home runs for the, for the university. And, um, he was running around the bases and the pitcher was like chirping at him or whatever. And he's like, you don't know me, motherfucker. I mean, he's just we were getting after it and there the other team was like yelling on our first base coach and he was chirping back and everything so like I mean it got pretty intense but you know no benches cleared anything like that but um yeah it was it was a it was badass dude I mean that shit was launched oh what I would have given to see that man I mean dude that's honestly I mean as, as a baseball purist growing up, you know, I love so many things about baseball and 
I'm not going to sit here and act like I was involved in any fist fights when I was playing baseball. <laughs> yeah. As as a fan, you know, just watching those highlights on MLB Network the next day, I love nothing more than to see a, a benches clearing brawl and and a, yeah, and a mean and right hook, suspensions handed <laughs> down. Like, yeah, exactly. Nothing beats that. Like, I don't, <laughs> or someone uh, getting drilled. That's my favorite. Is it's like someone hits a home run and he pimps it too hard, and the pitcher, whoever it is, doesn't like it. You know, it's like. All right. Okay. Yeah, you probably did too much. Hey, you beat me. You beat me on that pitch, and he just just does extra stuff. And all of a sudden, the next guy comes up and he fills his ear hole with you know ninety seven. Dude, my my opinion on that is if if you don't like the pimp job, then don't don't serve up a, a piece of shit right over the middle of the plate and don't let yeah. him hit it four hundred fifty feet. It's that simple. I mean, <laughs> if you don't want to see that, don't suck. Do better. Like and, you know? and, and as like a pitcher. I will say it's like, yeah, obviously it sucks when you just give up a 450 foot freaking dick shot, you know, and, and you probably got, you know, some hot chicks in the stands, whatever. And they're like, yeah, bro, you just fucking gave up a nuke. <laughs> like, yeah, it sucks. And, you know, if, hey, if he got all of it, he got all of it, you know, celebrate, whatever. But like, you know, there, there's also a time where it's like, okay, act like you've done it before, you know. But like, if it's a big situation, you know, like, you know, freaking go nuts you know like like lv like i was just saying about Elvir, dude that was huge tied the game up for us or took the lead was, i think we either took the lead by one or tied it up and then we ended up blowing it open in the eighth or ninth um no no, no i take that back we scored on a um, on a suicide squeeze to walk it off mm, that's that's painful man that coming <laughs> from the other side that'd be that'd be so painful oh yeah 100%. so i mean Touching, touching more on the bat flips and showing emotion. I mean, I'll speak for myself when I say, at least on the on the MLB level, you know, recently it seemed like everyone's bat flipping, everyone's doing this, everyone's doing that, and there are a lot of people that are upset. I mean, namely the more traditional baseball fans who want to see you, yeah. like you said, act like you've been there before, uh, hit your home run, jog the bases. But at the same time, I feel like people come because they want to see bat flips they want to see guys screaming at each other like they, they want oh to yeah play. absolutely so like what I, and as a pitcher you might be slightly biased about this but <laughs> i mean i i personally am all for hitting a 450 foot bomb and flipping it over the backstop i mean like whatever whatever right. you do i mean that's what that's what gets viewers that's what makes highlights like that's absolutely. why people want to watch the game so what what's your opinion on those people who say that you shouldn't be doing that in the MLB. No, I agree. You know, you're you, as a hitter, especially in the major leagues, you know, and if you're a big power guy, that's your, that is literally your job. You are getting paid lots of money to hit baseballs very far. You know, you run into one, you know, and it's a 450, you know, no doubter off of, you know, let's say a stud, you know, Scherzer, you know, DeGrom or whatever, then yeah, you know, get, get you some, you know, get, get whatever you want, watch it a little bit. But at the same time, if I'm a pitcher, you know, like you said, it, you know, it brings it brings people. Everyone, everyone wants to see, you know, there's literally shirts and stickers that say chicks dig the long ball. Everyone loves home runs, you know. So, you know, and then I think it brings some more excitement to the game when, you know, someone dots somebody in the ribs afterwards or it's the same guy, bench is clear. People are going to watch that. Even if you're not, a you know, ever played baseball or uh, ever really watched baseball, you want to see a bench clearing brawl break out. And like you said, people getting suspended left and right. You see slow-mo shots like Brunette Odor and <laughs> Bautista just getting, you know, drilled at second base. 
you know, I, I, I think it brings some excitement to the game because so many people just, just think baseball so boring. You know, it's like, you know, if you don't understand, you know, the, the game of baseball, then yeah, I can see how it's boring. But if you understand and you like to watch it and, and everything like that, and then you add in the, the thrill factor of, you know, somebody going a yard and then the next guy getting drilled or whatever, you know, like, I don't know if you, you probably remember, you're a Yankees fan, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're a Yankees fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't hold it against you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, but, uh, I won't hold being a Sox fan against you either, I guess. <laughs> Well, you, I'm sure you remember when um, uh, A-Rod came back from his suspension. Uh, it was – I'm pretty sure he came back and opened at the Red Sox uh, at Fenway. And the, his first at-bat, they threw behind him. And then they threw behind him again. And then they hit him, put him on. And his next at-bat later in the game, that was like the sixth inning, whatever, first pitch, takes a fastball dead center. And, you know, he's doing the pump around, you know, coming around first and he's – you know, chirping at the pitcher or whatever. It's like that, that is what, you know, people come to see because that shit's exciting. Yeah. And I, I agree. Um, <clears throat> I'll, I'll first respond by saying that as a <laughs> lifelong Yankees fan, um, I'm not going to say I, I never liked A-Rod. I liked him until I found out about all the steroids and then not only right. steroids, but lying about it repeatedly. I think the dude's a scumbag. I, Wish, I wish he never played for the Yankees. I, I hate him with all I have. Like, uh, man, uh, fuck, fuck that guy. But at the same time, as a Yankees fan, that's one of the, the few moments I was glad to have him in a Yankees uniform was when he, yeah. that, that was, that was absolutely electric to the fullest extent. I, I love seeing that. that and you that know, awesome. Fenway, I mean, even if you're, you know, Reds. It's it's a it's a known thing. Red Sox fans and Yankees fans are the most hated, most bastard people on the face of the earth. And so, like, you know, if you're a Yankees, uh, if you're a Yankees guy in Fenway, you know, you probably ought to carry like a firearm on you, honestly, like, and vice versa. Right. It's like, you know, he came out to thousands of booze, and then he just, you know, like you said, I mean, I'm a freaking huge Red Sox fan, and like, you see that, it's like, oh shit, you just got to give it to him, man. You're like, damn. That was kind of badass. Yeah. All right. So speaking of pro ball, what are your plans for the rest of college and after? Do you, do you plan on attempting to play professionally, see where it goes? What What's your idea for the rest of your – Yeah, I, absolutely. You know, what? whatever God has in store for me, you know, I, I if it's to, to play pro ball, then, yeah, I, I would love, 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 love to play pro ball. It's always, you know, it's a, a dream for most little kids and, it's been a dream of mine since I started playing T-ball at four years old. And, um, you know, mo most people always try to, you know, chase their dreams and stuff. And so, yeah, I'm still, still chasing that dream of, of getting drafted and playing pro ball. And, um, you know, I, I, if I don't get drafted or, you know, anything like that, then I, I guess I'll probably do some like ranch real estate or something. You know, I like real estate. And, um, so I, I would probably go into that, you know, follow follow my dad maybe build some homes or something i don't know <laughs> yeah i, I know y'all y'all are from Dripping springs so you don't know but uh the simmering family holds quite the weight old old onion <laughs> old onion old onion. onion's getting a shout out today love quite that the name yeah shout out onion <laughs> on the podcast today <laughs> hope he listens to this <laughs> but yeah yeah i'll send him to him be like hey onion we shouted you out he's like hell yeah <laughs> 
so, so what are you what are you majoring in at Angelo State? Uh, majoring in management. Basically, it's what I heard is one of the easiest things to major in. So, right. yeah. Now, I'll say I've, I've taken that class. Um, taking another one soon. I I hated it. It's to me, at least, it seemed like it was like as you said, it was one of the easiest ones. It was all just common sense, like stuff. Yeah, it was like monotonous and just like, like treat treat your employees right. Um, yeah, like business, you know, business ethics is like one of my classes. It's like that's like what are the three main questions you ask yourself it's like is it legal is it ethical and like something else it's like okay obviously so like they'll give you a scenario it's like i don't know is this ethical it's like considering it's illegal no it's like what the yeah. hell right right good, good to hear uh, the the education institutions are doing a great job in the, absolutely uh, setting, setting their <laughs> students up for the future good good to hear. Uh, <laughs> all right so i know you mentioned your Red Sox fan earlier, um, which which players do you emulate the most in your game? Um, a, a, a big calm guy for me, like a, a calm guy that's like a comparison guy, um, is Michael Kopech for the White Sox. Um, we're a very similar build. I think he's 6'5", 230, something like that. I'm, I'm 6'4", 225, 230. So we're very similar in that regard. Um, we have very similar mechanics uh, on the lower half. So, and he throws freaking 99. It's like, why would I not try to throw 99, you know? So he, he's a calm guy for me. Um, it used to be, I, I still, in, to this day in Summer Bowl, I still wear number 58 for Jonathan Papelbon. He's Jonathan Papelbon. <laughs> look at your face. <laughs> Jonathan Papelbon was the whole reason why everyone would start pitching. Yeah, and I mean, never forget it. I'll speak on Papelbon. I mean, <laughs> if I was a Sox fan, I would have loved to have him on my team. I mean, oh hell yeah, he was a character. I just and he's a firecracker, man. He'd start and give you some energy in the dugout. When I think of Papelbon, I think of that one time when he was on the Nats and he, he choked out yep. Bryce Harper in the dugout. I mean, he... <laughs> honestly, both those guys. I, I don't know who I hate more. I mean, Bryce probably deserved it. Because he did it, because he 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 did. Yeah, he big league the ground ball. He didn't, he didn't run out of ground ball. Didn't run out of pot fly. Whatever. Like, yeah, Rook, I'm gonna choke you out of the real quick. Like, yeah, learn this fucking lesson right quick. Um, you know, uh, like you said, you know, you don't know which one of them deserved it or whatever. But that's also a thing. You know, it's like, hey, you got to take that up in the clubhouse later. You don't do that shit when there's 500 cameras on you and right. You know, your reputation is your reputation is you're already a freaking hothead and you've had issues with a lot of clubhouses. That's why no one wants you, you know, which is which is why I mean, when I like like I said, if, if Pat Bond was on the Yanks, I would have loved him. But the one word that comes to mind when I think of Pat Bond is uh, is scumbag. And <laughs> it's not only because he was a Red Sox pitcher and <laughs> it's, it's just the dude just comes off that way. I mean. Yeah, just like a yeah. mad asshole at the world. But at the same time, I feel like that's kind of a badass guy to emulate your game after. And, and yeah. Kobe, I mean, why wouldn't you want to emulate your, your game after a guy that throws 99 miles an hour? It's one of the most promising young guys in the league right now. Like, that's, that's, that's good stuff. Yeah, absolutely, you know. So, staying in the league, um, I know – you mentioned earlier you haven't been watching much Major League Baseball this year, but what is your World Series prediction for this year? <sighs> My World Series prediction. 
I mean, the Dodgers have – I don't like the Dodgers. I'm just going to be straight up. I don't like the Dodgers, but I love their pitching staff. I mean, they are freaking loaded, absolutely loaded. Um, I think they've been doing pretty well, you know, with the addition of Trevor Bauer. That just brings it to such an elite level. You got – you know, was Kershaw a two-time Cy Young winner? You got Bauer, a Cy Young winner. You got Walker Bueller, who's most likely going to be a Cy Young winner at some point in his career. You got, you know, Urias from the left, who helped win the World Series for him. He was a huge part of that team. And plus the lineup, Mookie Betts, and, you know, going down the list, Bellinger, and, uh, you know, um, I'm just drawing a blank. Uh, third baseman. Uh, Justin Turner. Yeah, Justin Turner. Um, you know, so you and Corey Seager, you know, I mean, you're you're got a stacked team over there, but it could be like a you know Golden State Warriors deal where you just can't, you know, you got too many top dogs and it just doesn't work out. But I I would probably say, yeah, I'd probably say the Dodgers maybe again. Well, let's not on the topic of the Dodgers. Let's not forget the best hair in the game, Dustin May, with the uh, the long flowing fiery ginger locks past his shoulders. And the 102-mile-an-hour sinker with the 100-mile-an-hour cutter, I mean, dude, it's not fair. disgusting. Like, it's I not don't fair. Know. And, like, last year, his his strikeout rate was so low. I don't know how that was. Like, how as a hitter – I mean, I, I know you can sit there, gear up for 102, but the ball's moving like a damn wiffle ball. It's either moving like oh, a yeah. ball – towards you or away from you and he's got a dirty slider like how how do you know like what's going to come and how do you not strike out like i'd be i'd be shitting my pants if i was up there at the bottom <laughs> hey that's why that's why they're getting paid into hit and that's why i'm not that's why that's why you you and me aren't getting paid because we don't know how to hit it <laughs> right right <laughs> right yeah, that's that's facts that's facts i i wish it was me but at the same time uh Absolutely, man. Not a uh, not not built for that. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of pitchers, uh, what are what are your thoughts on um, implementing an electronic strike zone into the MLB? I mean, it's it's something that's been tossed around a lot lately. Uh, people say that it takes out the human element of the game, but my personal opinion is that. It's stated in the rule book. The strike zone is a concrete thing. It is absolutely elbows to knees, the width of the plate. I, I, it, when, back when I played, it pissed me off so much when an ump is like, oh, well, the strike zone expands on two strikes, or I'm, I'm calling it low today. I'm calling it outside. Like, no, that's not like the strike zone is, is a strike zone. concrete Absol- thing. Yeah. And as a pitcher, like you might feel the opposite, but I'm saying like, that's, that's fucked up. Like, it literally states this in the rule book. That is what the strike zone is. So, yeah. What, as a pitcher, what's your opinion on that? Um, honestly, I I am not for it. I think it takes away the skill of a catcher. You know, you you see, catchers earn a lot of strikes for their pitchers. Um, you know, uh, Gary Sanchez is one of the best at it. Frame jobs. I mean, he's incredible. Um, and uh, obviously Molina. You know, arguably the best catcher in the game. Until, you know, who knows, you know, JT Real Muto for the Phillies, he's just as good, you know, framing. So you you can, it's all, you know, about deception, whatever. So you can get those, those strikes, you know, it, if it was electronic strike call, you know, or electronic uh, uh, strike box or whatever, you know, you, you wouldn't get that. And so, you know, 
you're facing the best hitters in the world. And granted, if you're a starter, then you're one of the best pitchers in the world. Um, but it just, you know, you, you can truly pitch with, with the, you know, umpire because you can, you know, figure out like, okay, he's going to give me the inside corner, you know, down and in, whatever. He's not giving anything over the, out of half the plate. Okay, so now you got to transfer your game. If you're a big glove side guy, then you got to start working in whatever if you're going to get strike calls. So I, I think it takes away a little bit of the, the element of, of true pitching away, um, just based on the fact that you got to earn some pitches sometimes. And um, to, like I said, it takes the skill away from the catcher. Um, it's not just, it's not needed as much to, to work for those frames uh, and, and help your pitcher out and stuff like that. Uh, that's, that's a fair point. I mean, I'd never really thought about it from the catcher's standpoint before because yeah. putting that electronic strike zone would, would definitely take a lot of value away from the catcher. I mean, you know, yeah, you still need to be able to block pitches, still be able to throw guys out. Um, but the catcher's ability to frame really is one of the most underrated talents out there. I mean, those guys hundred percent what they do. It's it's insane what they're what they're able to do out there. And it's like the you know there's there's balls that are you know two two three balls off the plate and they just boom they just make it look like it's right on the corner and it's such a deception to you know they do it so fast and everything's so smooth that you know you can't see it with the human unless you're behind the picture with a camera and you're like oh shit that's not a strike it's like yeah but he did such a good job you know bringing up at the bottom of the zone it's like yeah it looks like strike you know it's at the knees but it's below the knees but he did a great job well and that's that's a fair point might uh might cause me to reevaluate my position probably not (laughs) it's still still a good point All right, so last segment here. I have five rapid-fire questions for you. You ready? All right, man. Send them. What was the most embarrassing moment on a baseball team ever in your entire baseball career? Um, I fouled the ball off in home plate and came right back up and hit me in the nuts. That was probably the most embarrassing. I sat there for like five minutes gagging. Was that in, in high school or college? Yeah, I think it was my junior year. I think you were a senior. I, re- <laughs> I <laughs> remember that shit. Damn, I, I remember that now. I mean, but that, that just seems more painful <laughs> than embarrassing, honestly, man. I mean, dude, that was like that was like I think I don't know who we were playing, but it was like a huge uh, district game, and it was like in the later innings, like I was like the sixth inning, or whatever. And you were just out of out of commission for five minutes. What? Yeah. Down one to the cock. Okay. All right. Number two. What's the best prank you've ever pulled on a teammate? Best prank I've ever pulled on a teammate. Oh, I wasn't really. I was. I was the guy that would get pranked. I was always the youngest on the team, and the people just shit on me. So, so then, what? What's the best prank that's ever been pulled on you? Um, they filled my locker with, uh, with baby powder and, made, <laughs> and on the bench in front of my locker, they did some very graphic, um, drawings of, <laughs> of sexual I, organs. I will say I, I may or may not have been involved in that. Uh, oh, I know you were. I know you were. Or, or unfortunately, <laughs> good, good times, good times. All right, um, let's let's do another shout out now. Who is the biggest idiot you've ever played with? <laughs> I I gotta say my my man Nick Gullo. That dude throws flames, but sometimes it's like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, 
I mean, so he he's he's he transferred to uh, San Jack, right? Yeah, he transferred so, to San Jack. How, how's he doing? Is he doing good now? You know? I don't know. I hadn't talked to him in a little bit. Um, I tried to. He, he reached out to me the other day, and I was at practice, so I didn't get to. I didn't get to answer, and then I, I texted him back, whatever. But uh, no, I haven't. I hadn't. Um, <laughs> sorry, these fuckers are being jackasses. Um, I hadn't hadn't talked to him in a while. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll speak. I mean, I I was teammates with this kid too. I mean, he was a uh, he was he was goofy. Um, kid yeah, was, that's what I mean. Like, I mean, he wasn't like an idiot, but he was just like so goofy and like the shit he did. It's like, oh my god, you're a dumbass. But he also had the definition of of a noodle arm. I mean, this kid would just sling it sidearm. He was pumping the low nineties in high school. I mean, he was. Oh, dude. He was. He yeah. Was, uh, he was district MVP y'all senior year, right? Yeah, dude, he was he would run it up to 93 in the seventh inning. I mean, he, he had just a rubber arm. Well, good for him that he's even though he's uh the biggest idiot you've ever played with, he's uh <laughs> still playing at one of the top junior colleges in the country there, right? Absolutely. So that, that, that says something. All right. Next question. What is the best walk-up song you've ever heard? Oh, the best walk-up song I've ever heard. Oh, well, it's a pitcher, right? Pitcher, and, um, pitcher, pitcher, warm up song or or batter walk up song. You choose. Okay, I'd have to say he's he's actually my roommate. He has his pitcher warm up song is Bad Company, and it's the 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 new, the revised version or whatever. And so, like when it plays on our speakers, whatever, it's it goes freaking hard. Right, that's that's definitely a good song. Yeah. All right. Last question of the podcast, Price. All right. Would, would prime price simmering strike out prime Pete the Alessandro? Oh, man. I don't know, dude. I mean, you went on a streak of if, if someone threw you anything over the heart of the plate, you're hitting it freaking 100 off the bat. Shit. I don't know. It would be it would be a good AB for sure. We need we, we need a yes no answer price. Would you strike <laughs> me out? Yes or no? I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna say yes. All right. Well, <laughs> you say yes. I say that ball is similar to your Angelo State home run king teammate. That ball is going 450 feet dead center, and I'm bat flipping that shit over the backstop, man. I mean, hey. Hey, if you but, if you bat flip me, you're getting drilled next day, B. You already know it. It wouldn't even hurt. It wouldn't even hurt. Like, <laughs> he thrown out is like 81 price. Uh, I want to hear that. All right. Oh man. Anyways, all jokes aside, Price, thank you for joining the uh, inaugural podcast. Uh, you're a great guest. I love talking to you. Man, I, I appreciate you having me on, man. It was a blast, and um, I hadn't hadn't spoke to you in a while, man. Uh, so and I I enjoyed it. Yeah, good to hear, man. Who knows? Maybe we'll uh we'll have you on as a future guest again. Absolutely, I'm there. I'm already there. All right, peace out, fellas.